Welcome to the 28th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and pegaphobic gentleman, Adrian Pinter. How General, are you, buddy? General Kenobi, I'm well, sorry. I didn't wait for your, the how are you? How, oh, God damn it. This episode's already starting off a mess. We already had the worst episode of all time. Is this going to be the worst episode of all time again? No, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't mess anything up. You're right. It's Maybe it's going to be your your bad episode. Who knows? I guess we'll stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned to find out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Words. Words are being said. What has your week been like, Adrian? Oh man, so mediocre at best. Oh really? How about yours? <laughs> Is that it? That's yeah, all you got to say. Yeah, it's, just yeah it's, it's my week's been fine. I mean, it's just been a week. It's been a week of working in retail and curbside pickup land, and uh, another another week of lockdown. When will it end? Probably not soon, because Ontario cases are just going up for COVID. The COVID cases are just getting worse. So we haven't even gotten our New Year's cases yet. That I know. should be up soon. Scary stuff. Scary. Ugh, I know. I'm sick of talking about COVID. Yeah, let's just move on, shall we? Okay. Well, actually, there's got to be something that's just happening that's good. No, nothing good, nothing great this week. Nothing like spectacular for you. I mean, it's not movie related, but I, I started playing Persona Five Royal. Oh, okay. it's really great. Nice little. Uh, long story short, Persona Five Royal is uh, kind of an updated version of the 2017 JRPG Persona Five, which I sunk in a hundred plus hours into back in 2017. This is a board game. This is a board game, of course. I said video game at the beginning. Did you? Yeah. Or did you just say game? Mm, you might be right. Who knows? I guess we'll never know until we listen to this episode again. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. It's fantastic. I love that game. I love Japanese role-playing games, man. Uh, I, they're my cup of tea. They give me so much nostalgia. Uh, that's what I grew up playing, and it actually gives me nostalgia for the year 2017, which, uh, which is a great year, I think. Why does it give you nostalgia remember. for the year 2017? Because that's when I played it, like Persona 5. Oh, okay. I was at my old house, the house I miss so much. I just had a lot of good memories tied to I this see. game. I really love it. Gotcha. I see. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'm also in retail, though. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you literally just explained it. I'm, de- I'm dealing with the same thing. I'm dealing with the same thing. It's just crazy how many times, again, people just walk into the store. They still don't get it that it's a lockdown. It's just not something that they can wrap their heads around. They walk in, and when I say, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back up out of these doors here. We're not open. And they look at me like I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's wrong. <laughs> They're looking at me like, oh, oh, I didn't know. Uh, what, are you, what are you being rude to me? <laughs> I'm like, not being rude to you. You, you. you just can't come in here. It's a lockdown. But all those people are, are, are in there behind you. Like those are employees. <laughs> this isn't that complicated. But they think it is. They think it is. It's strange. It's strange. But a lot of people are following the rules. I'm not saying every person who shops at our particular retail location has a has an issue. But it's just uh, it's just odd. It's just it's an odd world we live in. And there's even more odd stuff going on in the U.S. But it's just depressing. And I don't know if we really want to talk about that here. What do you think? Uh not really, man. It's I agree. Like it's incredibly depressing. It's fucked up to say the least. 
It's sure. incredibly fucked up. And it's a sad day for uh not 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 today, but just in general. It's it's sad. It's, yeah. it's just it's just sad in general. It's really messed up. The people uh that storm the Capitol are pieces of shit and fuck them. They're not patriots, they're traitors. And that's my piece on the whole thing. I see. I see. Yeah, it's it's pretty depressing. Like it's like uh I don't know. Democracy in the United States is looking pretty rough. I do uh commend the uh that everybody, you know in the Capitol when they got back together and still put the vote through. So to make sure that it, it, it went as planned, I, I do appreciate that aspect and that they like, Oh yeah, you want to storm the Capitol to tell us that that we're wrong, that the Biden wasn't rightfully elected. Well, we'll show you. I appreciate that. Cause again, he was rightfully elected. There's literally no evidence. I, I just don't get anything. Like it's the same with COVID. It's, it's the same with this when there's no evidence to the contrary. Why do why is there a belief like it's like a belief in God kind of thing? Like I believe that He won, so I must we we must make it happen. Like that that's not how it works. The evidence is the votes. There's no evidence to suggest there was widespread fraud, and the experts have said so. The courts have said so. It's just odd. Anyways, we're Canadian. So you hear that, Ray Fisher? Give us evidence. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, what a wild situation. Oh, actually, as a, a note to that Ray Fisher thing, um, there was a little bit of a development. I, I don't I don't think I put anything into the news stories for that. So we can talk about that briefly. But apparently Ray Fisher, he he responded on Twitter that he didn't leave the role as cyborg in the Flash standalone movie or something like that. Like he's like he had like this tangent of tweets that he was saying on Twitter, like, I didn't I didn't leave. <laughs> I just don't I just don't get it. Like, what? What? Yeah, you did. You said you're not working with Walter Hamada again, who is the DC Films president. And so you did. You're definitely not working on the Flash movie with, with Ezra Miller. Like, that's not happening anymore. He was trying to suggest maybe that, like, I don't know. Like, they they were ousting him, or or I don't know. He was almost creating more confusion. But that's all he's kind of done is create more confusion. Every time he tweets, he's like, oh. Look at me, I'm the victim, but I'm not going to tell you anything. Anyway, yeah, frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, that's what a weird situation still. It's still I'd weird. Like to- it's continually weird, but I think, honestly, if you watch our last episode, listener, you can tell that, like, it does feel like, and we, we kind of alluded to this, but it felt like the end. Like, it's pretty much the end at this point. If he's not working with Walter Hamada, I'm not so much sure how relevant this is going to go going forward. I'm sure there might be something else that happens. But he suggested also in these tweets that Jeff Johns is also going to be fired just like Joss Whedon was. He was suggesting that Joss Whedon was fired from his HBO show, The Nevers, specifically to say he was fired as opposed to Joss Whedon just leaving, which was the actual report. Um, And you thought that too, Adrian. You thought that he was fired kind of because of the Justice League investigation. Yeah, it just seemed seemed too much like a coincidence. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it just seemed... Yeah, like, like there, that makes sense. It kind of does make sense. It's pro- it's probably it's it's possible that because of the abusive in quotations abusive because we don't know what it is the abusive situation on set of the Justice League movie specifically. That's why Joss Whedon left the Nevers, which is also an HBO property, meaning Warner Media property. So it's likely that Joss Whedon left for that. But then Ray Fisher was suggesting that Jeff Johns, who was the producer of Justice League and has been pretty big in the DC space for a while, and he produces, executive produces, I think he might be the showrunner, if I'm not mistaken, Stargirl on the CW. Is it the CW, that show? 
Uh, I think it's being moved to HBO Max as like an oh. original series. Okay. Yeah, it's his baby. Jeff Johns is, is it's just his show. And, and so Ray Fisher was suggesting he's leaving. And so Variety apparently reached out to Warner Media to ask, is this happening? And they kind of looked at a couple sources and said, is, is he being removed? And there's no evidence to suggest that he's being removed. So unless he's removed in the next couple of months, I don't know. That's another. That's kind of another blight against Ray Fisher's stories because his, it, it, if he's not removed, I mean, he's claiming that J- Jeff Johns is going to be fired. If he's not fired, I mean, again, how valid are these arguments? We just don't know because there isn't any evidence. Anyway. Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's look into some show clarifications slash corrections. Every week on our show, we look back to our previous episode and try and make sure that things are accurate. Uh, and so we we do a small correction segment uh, every week. And so we don't actually have anything, or at least I don't have anything to mention from last week that I picked up on. Uh, do you have anything, Adrian? No. But as always, Kenneth Stadelbo wrote into us again, uh, and he has a correction. So let's get into that. So let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And of course... Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us once again, and he said, masked media marauders. For brevity, I'll just address Disney Plus and the February 23rd add-on called Star. First, I'll point out that Simon should have believed Adrian when he talked about Star last month. I agree, Ken. Sure. Yeah, I should have believed you. There, I, I said it. Yes, Hulu, Star, and Star International will likely host Disney's more adult content as evidenced by Hailstrom, that is currently running on Hulu. I expect Moon Knight, Howard the Duck, and unannounced projects like Man-Thing will help flesh out the content list. I also believe that the specific date of February 23rd was chosen because it represents the ending of contracts, contract or contracts, for content on other platforms. And I think he's referencing specifically with Bella Rogers as an example. While we won't immediately get full content of libraries like FX, I believe something will be available at launch. Looking forward to your next podcast and will likely respond to your Mandalorian special shortly. Your biggest fan, or at least your fattest fan, Kenneth. And he's got a quote here, as usual, and it is, it isn't what they say about you, it's what they whisper about you, Errol Flynn. And, and that quote actually has come up quite a few times. I think that's his default quote for his, uh, whenever he response to emails i think but anyway thank you kenneth for writing into us once again this email specifically referencing how we talked about star how it's an add-on obviously to disney plus as one of the categories like star wars marvel um and uh, not discovery but national geographic uh, and so star is going to be an add-on for more adult oriented content and uh it's an interesting call it that he believes that moon knight actually might be on star what do you think about that adrian um, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like it would fit in better because I know Moon Knight is a little bit more of that, um, I guess, R-rated, deeper, sort of darker uh, tone. I feel like it. I, I feel like Moon Knight would have been that perfect fit into that Netflix universe where it's right. a little bit more grounded and gritty and just bloody uh, because I don't know too, too much about Moon Knight, but I know, you know, he has kind of like multiple personality disorder. I remember I was corrected on this. There's a correct term on that now i just forget it entirely um but yeah i don't know i I feel like that'd be a good idea uh to differentiate these universes a little bit not necessarily have two separate universes but i mean you have have a multiverse going on so if you can really dive deeper into this 
R-rated, you know, tone and and get this like darker aesthetic going on that you know is geared a little bit more towards adult audiences. I would I'd really like that. Again, I love those. I, I mean, Daredevil especially, but I really love like Daredevil, Jessica Jones season one, and even like Luke Cage and Iron Fist are pretty great uh, because they kind of dive a little bit deeper into that like dark sort of tone and bloodiness and everything, especially daredevil which is probably why it's my favorite out of all of those um but yeah what do you think you, th- you think that would be likely to be coming to star I-, I was mentioning that last episode that i think they might make some original content for it but i don't think you agreed with that right yeah yeah i was going to mention that you did say that last week about daredevil specifically daredevil is a big one because i feel like daredevil is the best show from that that repertoire i guess that they have for the netflix uh marvel series um the the other thing to correct i guess is this dissociative identity disorder so if you wanted to, you know, as opposed to multiple personality disorder, because that's what Kenneth had written in to us about to correct us. So he doesn't correct us again next week about the exact same thing um, for Moon Knight. Um, would they move Daredevil? I don't know that it would go to Star. I just don't. I don't see it. Star is also a weird brand. Did you Have you seen the logo for Star, Adrian? I have not. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't I don't, it look so generic. Like it, it this... It, I don't know that it's – I just don't know what it's going to be. I, I, I have to see it first. I, I think that they must have a plan. They've made pretty good moves over the last few years, uh, minus Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like, movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that they, they could be they could be on to something with this. This should be cool. I just, I'm curious, like, are you going to put Marvel properties like Moon Knight on there? Is That's a little weird. Daredevil on there. I don't know. Is Daredevil going to be, like, if you put Daredevil on Star, what does that mean for Daredevil being in the MCU? Because wouldn't that be great to have Daredevil in the MCU? Like, it would be awesome, in my opinion. I guess you can always merge them. Like, I feel like, I think we talked about this before, but do you believe that they'll have Deadpool in the MCU, like in the, in the Avengers? Like, do you think it will have an Avengers movie with Deadpool inside? Do you think he'll be in an, in an Avengers movie? Uh, I'd like that, but no, I don't think so. Um, oh, you don't think so? Interesting. Like, I, I I feel like if they did, they would they would do something unique where it'd be just very self referential. It'd be very fourth wall breaking. Um, it would be like I, in an ideal world, they would keep him swearing, but bleep it out a bunch, which I think would just be a nice little like funny sort of addition. I'd really like yeah. that, but, uh, but I'm not too sure. Honestly, I, 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 I want it. I'm realizing that we did talk about this actually briefly. We talked about how uh, Deadpool uh, three is being written by the, I can't remember their names now. Something I don't remember, but they, they wrote that one show, Bob's burgers. They're big, uh, big writers on that show. Uh, the writers for that show were tapped for Deadpool three as the screen screenwriters. Oh, the Molino Molino sisters. Yeah. Um, I think we did talk about how it was going to be again in, in Marvel and, and like we, we talked about how they redid Deadpool 2 as like a, a different version where it's uh, calling calling back uh, Princess Bride. So I think that theoretically, I, I do believe for sure that Deadpool somehow will, will engage with the MCU characters. I think that's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen yet. And it just seems like it's a, it's a long way out because they haven't been able to make movies for a little while because this is like the first year in like is this i think it's the first year since 2009 or something that was like the stat or 2010 i think it was 2010 or something like that uh since we had a marvel movie which is crazy the first year that it was like marvel movie list that we didn't have one at all was 2020 specifically which is 
it's kind of crazy to think. I, I you would have, I, I kind of would have thought that there might have been one year in between, but they were pretty steady with the releases, like year after year after year. DC has been not steady at all, mm-hmm. but Marvel has been pretty steady. And so it's, I'm, I'm curious, like how this is gonna start working as we go on, especially with the Marvel TV series. The other thing to mention, Kenneth is mentioning that he, he's gonna write into us with the Mandalorian closer look episode feedback. I don't know how we're gonna implement that. Just to say that right on the podcast right now, because the, the, the our closer look episodes for any listeners out there, if you we've got three closer look episodes, one that's covering the boys, one that's covering the Mandalorian, and one that's covering Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And so those episodes are spoiler based. They have a lot of spoilers inside. The reason I'm mentioning this is because the, the fact that he would be you know talking to us about the Mandalorian is probably going to be very spoiler heavy. So I'm not sure how we we can incorporate any feedback or an email about. Uh, a, a closer look episode. Despite that, I ask all listeners to please write into us about every numbered episode of our show. We've got 28 episodes. Write into us about any of those. Send us a, I don't know, uh, a would you rather potentially. Uh, we're definitely interested. We're going to talk about whatever you uh, whatever you write into us about on the show for sure. So just please write into us. Unless you start telling us that The Last Jedi is terrible, in which case not. I'm, I'm joking. We'll even, we'll, even, we'll even front that question. We'll even no, front fuck that. that. For sure. No, uh, <laughs> that's not true. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. I'll address I'm it. I'm not going to say a single word. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about uh, Kenneth's email here? I do. Hellstrom was canceled already. Oh, wow. What was Hellstrom? I don't know. I don't really care. It, it, oh, actually, no, I do know. They released the trailer like a couple months back, and it's uh, about like the son of Satan or something like that, or the devil. Damon Hellstrom and yeah he is the son of Satan uh, that show just looks so generic the trailer looked it could be it could have been anything it was released I think back in September if I recall correctly um, oh, okay. and no wonder it got canceled however fun fact I think that's the last of the non Disney plus se- like Marvel series that are airing still I think everything else got canceled, like Runaways and all of that stuff. I know Howard the Duck is coming out eventually, and that's going to be on Hulu. And there is also the Modoc series, if I recall correctly, that's also going to be on Hulu. But those haven't aired yet. I'd be amiss if I didn't uh, address the elephant in the room. I'm sure every listener is questioning it. Is your dog okay? Oh, you hear her whining? I'm sorry. Oh, I definitely can hear oh, it. Oh, no. I'm sure everyone can hear it as well. Yeah, she's, is yeah, she she's fine. What's going on? Um, she's... Do you have to go pee? No, I already took her out. She's just whining because I'm not playing with her. I kind of feel bad. Oh, okay. I tried to, like, I gave her a little toy to play with, and she got over it real quick. One second. Ellie, come here. Come here. Stop whining. I love you. I love you. Stop whining. Play with your toy. I'm going to just see if I can take her out again. One second. I'll be right back. Sounds good. Sorry about that, Simon. Hello. Can you hear me? Are you back? I am. I want to apologize. And I'll answer the question. No, she did not want to go outside. Well, that's a lie. She did want to go outside, but not to go to the bathroom. She wanted me to throw the ball with her. Oh, I see. I did throw the ball twice. I'll All be right. honest with you. But then I brought her back inside. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I uh, had some time to think <laughs> while you're outside with Ellie. And so I don't know what it, I, I'm, I'm having a tr- hard time remembering my firm objection to the fact that Daredevil might end up being on Star. But I'm realizing now that just looking looking at things, and I, I was also thinking about how even Charlie Cox fed into the idea, like actor Charlie Cox plays uh, Matthew Murdoch in Daredevil. He's feeding into this idea of save Daredevil, which has been a hashtag that's been on Twitter recently. There's a good chance that Star 
having Star is laying down the groundwork so they can po- properly actually play Daredevil and Jessica Jones on Disney Plus where they couldn't do that before. And to have it on a different service would not have made sense for them. Although Hulu, I'm curious if they might combine Hulu with Disney as a plan in the United States as well. I'm, I, oh, I think that was my objection is that to have Daredevil on Hulu, which would make a lot of sense for combining Daredevil with the rest of the MCU. But I, I have a weird feeling they might lay the gray, groundwork even further, combine Hulu with Disney Plus, and they'll have like Hulu being like a another subset of Disney Plus in the States, like Star is going to be in Canada and other international markets. That's my new theory. I have a feeling that that's the reason and that people really want to see Daredevil come back. Netflix had the rights initially, of course. Very popular Netflix show for sure. And as of November, the end of November, Disney now reowns the rights, meaning they can create content if they'd like to. And that's been a, again, a fairly popular trending hashtag is Save Daredevil. So I, I now I'm, I'm changing my tune a little bit. I think that that might be one of the big benefits of Star. Yeah, man, that seems that, that's like a, that's a really good theory. I hope that's true. Yeah, me too. And I think that then I think. Ken is right. I think Moon Knight makes sense to go on there if they're going the angle of the dark and gritty type uh, aspects. And I still think that Daredevil and and even Deadpool can be in the MCU officially. Deadpool is a, an easy one, I feel like, an easier one than Daredevil because Deadpool can break the fourth wall and he can he can be very cognizant and self-aware about the fact that he's in a PG-13 movie now. And he literally can just say it to the camera which is something that Daredevil cannot do. And so I, I wonder that that makes it more sense for me that he would be, uh, he would do that and, and he would end up being uh, in the MCU and in an Avengers movie potentially, but we'll see what happens again. There's a lot, there's a lot of time before that probably happens. So we'll see, but uh, interesting times ahead. I think I agree. Cool. Okay. Then now I ask you, Adrian, what have you been watching? So I mentioned last week that I started watching Cobra Kai season three. I finished it. Yeah. Um, it's great, man. I really, really enjoyed this season. It's definitely the best of the three thus far. Uh, I feel like, did I ever ask you this? Are you a Karate Kid fan? Have you ever watched Karate Kid? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you watch like Karate Kid like two and and three and the next Karate Kid? I w- are you talking about the one with Jackie Chan? No, no. When you, when you said next, next Karate no, the Kid? The next Karate Kid's the one with... Um, God, why do I forget her name all of a sudden? Oh, yes. I've seen the next Karate Kid. Yeah, with, what's her name? I've seen the next Karate Kid, and I saw the first one, but I've not seen the other two. Oh, okay. Wait, is there four? Is there four? There's technically four. Or is that three? Oh. There's, there's Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, and then there's the next Karate Kid, and then there's the one with Jackie Chan and um, Little Smith, Will Smith's son. Jaden. Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Hillary Swank is the next Karate Kid. She. Oh, crazy. But yeah, I never, I've never watched the next Karate Kid. But I did watch Karate Kid one, two, and three, and then I watched the one with Jaden Smith as well. Um, but yeah, Cobra Kai season three. It takes uh, a lot from those first three movies. Actually, mostly one and two. Uh, so they haven't really touched on three all that much. But it's it's really good, man. It's it's funny how well balanced the show is and how they meld uh, this like early nineties, late eighties sort of after school TV special uh, sort of aesthetic and feel with pretty gruesome violence at points. Uh, again, it's very corny and campy, but 
I really enjoy it. It's very self-aware. It knows what it is and it embraces it. And I have quite a bit of nostalgia uh, for the Karate Kid movies, especially the first one. I watched it quite a bit. I remember it always aired on YTV uh, on repeat movie Teletoon in Canada. But I remember watching it all the time as a kid and I really enjoyed it. You know, Mr. Miyagi is a great character and it's super cool that they bring back a lot of the characters from that those movies actually shockingly enough it feels like directly connected to those movies as it should but it's a sequel that takes place many years later done right unlike uh, rise of skywalker um (laughs) it's it's really fantastic man if if you do have nostalgia for the first karate kid movie i'd suggest give karate kid two and three a watch they're not great movies, but they're still worth the watch. And I would highly suggest giving giving this show a shot. I think, again, it goes a little bit downhill in season two, uh, mostly because it's just a bunch of kids making out way too much. But season three, I think they find their footing um, again, and they really just go hard with with the relationships um, and the and the and the karate itself. Again, it's corny. And the the karate isn't like the greatest you've ever seen in your goddamn life by any means, but it really fits with the aesthetic and the tone the show is going for. And I really love it. I'm very excited for season four. The way they ended season three is awesome. And um, the the show creators have mentioned that they have plans for at least two more seasons. So that kind of excites me. Um, Yeah, I'd highly recommend it, man. Do you you have any interest in watching Cobra Kai? Well, I, I have less interest now, actually, now that you've just done this. Oh, really? Explanation. Yes, because I don't want to watch those movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> so fair enough. I, like I know that they're bad. They're not very well reviewed. The first movie is good. It's a classic, but the next two are not known to be great movies. So like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to watch those sequels. I just so happened to see the Hillary Swank movie on probably the channels you referenced. It was on maybe TBS or something like that long ago, and so I watched it uh, when I had cable. But I I don't. Uh, yeah, that's the issue for me is I don't have interest to watch the, the movie. So the homework is actually putting me off. I was going to get into Cobra Kai potentially, but if I have to watch the other two, I'm concerned because like I, I don't. There's so many other great things to watch, like those four hours of movie. I, I, I'm not that keen on. Fair enough. Well, you don't have to watch two and three. On technically, you don't even have to watch three because it, it's barely referenced, but. You, I would suggest watching the second one before you get into season three. The first two seasons are more so tied into just the original movie, though. So you could honestly get by with just you know having knowledge of that first movie and then watching the first two seasons and then maybe jumping back into Karate Kid 2 to watch uh, season three. Uh, but it does a good job in kind of filling in the blanks. Like they do flashbacks in the, in the show of the movies quite a bit, actually, to you know, show context on what's happening on screen. So you don't necessarily have to, like you could honestly watch these movies without watching any of the other movies other than the original karate kid. Did I say movies? I meant series uh, other than watching the original karate kid. Okay. I might check it out. I might check it out. Yeah, man, just give it a shot. Um, I, I really like the first season. I, I think Johnny Lawrence is a cool character. Um, it's well acted. It, it's great. Before I jump into my next thing, how, what, what have you been watching my friend? Um, I've been watching some more Shit's Creek, and I just uh, want—I put it on this on this as a note here, just because I am now just hitting season four. I just like how what's the right word? It's it's just deep on a writing basis for for each of the characters. I, I just find that they uh, they really 
it's an interesting type of sitcom in that it, it I don't know it's 10 episodes per season, fairly short episodes. It just seems like it's very quality TV. The first season, not as good as, as it can be. Like it, it just keeps seeming, seemingly getting better and better. And the characters aren't in the same situations over and over again. Like you can see in shows, like not, not even close to the caliber of Schitt's Creek, but the big bang theory is an example, mm-hmm. which is just the same characters find themselves the same situation. Nothing can really change for them because basically CBS wants you to keep coming back to watch the big bang theory. So they don't change anything for anything substantial for, for the characters. They just keep going back to square one over and over again for this reason. Just Creek. There's serious evolution as you go. Kind of reminds me in that way, maybe of the office as an example, it's, it's pretty high caliber uh, TV actually, I, I really, I really respect it. It's Canadian, which is awesome. It was initially on CBC, which is pretty cool. And yeah, Dan Levy and Eugene Levy did a great job writing this show, and I'm very impressed. And I'm excited to watch more. Would you say it's kind of like on the level of uh, the Good Place in terms of like where it keeps on evolving? Yeah, potentially. It, the Good Place is like a, it's pretty unique. Like that show. I mean, that's not not a lot shot on location with that show. That's it's very like I think there's a lot of CG. I think to actually get the 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 backdrop of where they are as an example, it's it's a pretty that's a pretty different show. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like in terms of constantly evolving, that's a good thing about the Good Place, and that we talked about that I think when we talked about the Good Place ending a few episodes back, and that to really watch the Good Place, you kind of should watch every episode of the Good Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, to really understand what's going on properly, because they they take a journey for sure. So it's it's definitely wor- worth it. Good the place is an awesome show. Yeah, Shit's Creek. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, tr- trying to watch every episode from scratch again. It's not a, they're not very long seasons. The Good Place has I think more episodes than Shit's Creek. So if you're looking to watch Shit's Creek, try and watch it in order. But but who's not watching something in order now? If you have if you're watching it on a streaming service like Netflix, I guess. Yeah, that's but, a good point. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to jump into Shit's Creek. I might. Uh... I might do that after the show that I'm watching, which is a show called Attack on Titan. <laughs> you, you've seen that before, no? No, I've never watched Attack on Titan. Oh, no way. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Of course. So yeah, it's a it's an anime show. Uh, very well regarded. And I definitely understand why. I'm about 20 episodes in. Uh, the first season, I think, is 30 some odd episodes. And then I think the second season drops down to like eight or something wild like that. Uh, but it's nearing the end. And I heard about it a bunch. Uh, some coworkers uh, at my workplace were, were, were talking about it. And I've been I've been really meaning to watch this for quite a while. And then I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've been playing Persona 5 uh, Royal, which is like a JRPG, a Japanese role playing game with a huge anime aesthetic. And. I was just having that itch and attack on Titan is absolutely phenomenal. It is so good. I I cannot express this enough. Uh, like you're not, you're not too much into anime. Am I right about that? Yeah. That's why I haven't watched it, but I honestly, seriously cannot believe you have not watched attack on Titan. I, I, I I'm, I'm bewildered. I'm sitting, I know you can't see me cause we're doing this remote. I am completely surprised. Oh really? Of all shows. I would have thought you would have watched Attack on Titan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I just never got around to it. It came out, what, in 2016, 2017, uh, the first season. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. By that point, I was kind of falling away from anime. Like, I still love my Japanese role playing games and I watch anime here and there, but definitely haven't 
watched as much as like when I was in high school and stuff like that. Uh, you know, watching like okay. Bleach and Naruto, you know, Yasha, Rurouni Kenshin, all those shows. And uh, yeah, man, this show is on like another level of quality. I the first season is on Netflix. However, it's Japanese. And uh, I honestly I, I just I prefer dubbed. I don't want to I don't want to watch an anime like in Japanese more often than not. So I actually uh, got a month of Funimation. I think I'm still on the trial, but I, I'm paying for a month of Funimation, which is actually funnily enough now owned by Sony. Um, so they have these like all the episodes so far in English. The English dubbing is really, really great. Actually, it's fantastic. And I've heard that before. And oddly enough, it makes sense. Not entirely, uh, but it makes sense why it wouldn't be in Japanese itself. Because pr- pretty much the premise of the show, it takes place in like the year 844 or something like that. That's when the show starts. And uh, pretty much what the premise is, is about 100 years. This, this is an alternate universe, I guess, alternate timeline. But about 100 years prior these Titans uh, ended up just showing up on earth, you know, ranging anywhere from like four meters tall to like 15, 20, 30 meters tall uh, that have like the strength of a bunch of humans put together. And they just have the craving for human flesh. They don't need it to survive or anything like that. They just want to eat people and that's it. And they practically, destroy the entire human race except for this area in um what i assume to be like eastern europe due to like all the names of the characters and they there's about a a little over a million people left on planet earth and they have these huge walls built around them and uh you know 100 years pass as you know they're just waiting trying to rebuild humanity and a uh, huge colossus shows up like a titan over 50 they have walls that are 50 meters high and this this colossus that shows up is like 60 meters tall just shows up Ooh. kicks the uh, wall in and then all the other titans storm in and uh just end up murdering countless people like destroying about i think it's 20 percent of like humanity left on earth and it follows like these two characters like a, a kid named aaron um, his kind of adopted sister uh, named Mikasa. And uh, and it actually follows like one of his friends named uh, Armin. And as they're quite young, probably like 12, 11, whatever, while this is happening, they see their uh, like Aaron's mother die and they escape and go in deeper into the wall. And uh, Aaron decides to, you know, join the cadets, uh, which is like a group of like military people that are there to fight the Titans. And the story kind of progresses from there. I don't want to spoil too much. That's that's all done in like the first two episodes, but it's really really cool. And they they it goes super deep into you know the effects of watching friends and family die by getting cannibalized from these like monsters that look like humans, but they're just huge and they have like deranged faces and stuff. And it doesn't shy away from like the effects it causes on like everyone and everyone's essentially dealing with PTSD and, you know, wanting to fight these Titans back, but it, it's seeming quite literally hopeless because anytime there's a glimmer of hope, something terrible happens. Um, and really the, the people left in this area are all like white Eastern European people um, because the rest of the ra- races are pretty much extinguished off planet earth. Uh, Mikasa being the only like Asian person in the entire show, uh, 
because yeah, like her, her mother, um, and father, uh, you know, moved to that area prior to like the Titans arriving or something like that. Some, some sort of long, long family history, but yeah, she's pretty much the only Asian character in the entire show. And yeah, the rest are just white people, like Eastern European white people, you know, some a little bit darker skin, like probably like from Greece and stuff like that. And it just, it has no remorse for any of their characters. And I think it does what game of Thrones did incredibly well in that it builds these characters up only to have them killed off so unexpectedly and gruesomely without it negatively affecting the story going forward. You know what I'm kind of talking about? Hmm. I feel like walking dead kind of fails at that. Eventually, you know, at the beginning they, they kill off characters and it's this big shock, but it doesn't necessarily negatively affect the storyline going forward. Uh, But eventually you get to a point where they just start killing off characters that, really just kind of halt the story from progressing in this case it doesn't right. do that uh and they it, it's it's shocking how many cool characters they introduce like throughout the show that they develop and that you become attached to only to have them get gruesomely murdered by these monsters um with, again so little remorse and it really it hurts watching it's incredibly stressful and anytime something good happens there's a feeling of dread like Ah uh, man, this is a little win, but something awful is probably going to happen, and more often than not, it does. Uh, but I honestly cannot recommend this show enough. I know, I know, you're not a huge fan of anime, man. But uh, if you want to bore my Funimation account to watch it, I would, I'd be more than grateful to lend it to you because it's. I feel like it's on another level. Uh, it it does follow those typical anime tropes of you know characters screaming at odds odd situations and crying and all that stuff uh, like constantly and you know inner monologues and these like quick flashbacks to things that happened like five minutes ago but i feel like it uh it goes above that in terms of its quality and character development um it's incredible man it's it's genuinely incredible and i'm loving it so far uh, I, I'm excited to probably watch it as soon as we finish recording this podcast, to be honest with you. Uh, every episode ends in a cliffhanger. Each episode's only about 20 minutes long, too. Uh, honestly, probably less if you you know, take out the beginning uh, like theme song and, and the end. Um, but yeah, man, it, I would suggest if you want, like if you're willing to give it a chance, just watch the first five episodes. Uh, and if you don't want to continue it from there, you probably... It probably won't have its hooks in you, but uh, if you watch this first five episodes, I think you will get hooked and will want to continue watching it. Because um, yeah, man, it's yeah. It, sorry, it was rec- recommended to me a million times. I'm just not a big anime guy, so I just never got into it. Yeah, like this is 2014, right? Oh, was it 2014? 2015? I think I said 2017, but I, I, it, it must have come out later. The final season is actually currently airing, so that that's one of the main reasons why I, I wanted to kind of hop on it because I'm just like, yeah, you know. So actually it started in 2013. So yeah, like the, the show is interesting because like it, it's one of those anime shows that I feel like I've never been recommended really anime uh, as much as this show. So like I, the, when, when it came out initially, people were talking about it for, for months and, and years. And so I, I knew about this for, for a while. It's just, I just, again, I didn't get into it. I, I might get into it potentially. I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll rent it. I thought, I might be crazy, but I thought it was on Netflix at some point. It is. Maybe I'm. I'm it is. It, oh, in Japanese. Oh, because you were just saying to recommend. Oh, I see what you mean. Because you don't like the dub. Yeah. So you only like the dub. You don't like it being in Japanese. You don't want to read. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, cool. But again, I feel like it makes sense for it to be in English, not necessarily in English, uh, but it's because it takes place in like Eastern Europe anyways. So it it would be... I didn't know that part. That's a funny one. I I didn't know that it would take place in Eastern Europe. That's an interesting fact about the show that I I wasn't aware of. Yeah, because... I knew about the Titans and the the walls and the the basic premise. They were making a movie on this. I don't know if that... Did that come out? I think it did. It was two years ago or... There was an Attack on Titan. They were making a live action movie. I don't know if it maybe it didn't come out yet. I, I could be mistaken. I'm looking it up now. No, they definitely did make a live action like Japanese movie. I just uh, I think it was back in what like 2015 probably. Uh, oh, interesting. Like they made the li- live action is Japanese movie, but they didn't. They, the Americans didn't make one, which is remarkable because again, we like I mean they made Ghost in the Ghost in the Shell. Maybe they just were worried about how it would translate because I I mean, it's it's a yeah they could they could pull it off potentially if they have the right creators they can kind of pull off anything maybe but anyways yeah I'm curious if they if they're ever going to adapt it to to live action I bet sometime it will happen just because again based on its original popularity but but cool yeah I'm glad you glad you love it yeah that's cool yeah I, I'd be surprised if they I don't really know how you can do it well if you do like a live action adaptation um I don't believe the live action adaptation um like the Japanese adaptation is received well as far as I'm aware and uh ironically everyone in in that casting is Asian as well when again in this interesting in, in the series there's literally only one Asian character and it's Mikasa um, but yeah, like the, you know, the characters are like Armin, um, Ryan, like names like that, just, you know, like, like it's going to come up, not necessarily white people names, but definitely not like Asian names, if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. Did, did that come up as racist? I didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. No, no, I don't think yeah, so. Okay. Uh, like the, my surprise was the fact that I, I believed that you did like anime, just to be clear. Like, uh, I, of course, you may not have seen this. I just was, I was surprised because I, I thought I, I thought I knew you, Adrian. <laughs> no, I, I thought I knew what you might have liked. And I thought for sure that some of your love of anime was maybe potentially based upon also Attack on Titan, like building upon your love of anime, but you had never watched it. <laughs> so I, I just, I guess I was just, I just, I never asked you that if you had watched it because I haven't watched it. So <laughs> that's why we've done two podcasts, but that never came out. We even we even specifically did a podcast episode for our previous podcast, Just Another Podcast. I think it was Just Another Podcast. We had somebody on who loved anime. And we almost talked about anime the entire episode, if you recall. And uh, that didn't come up, uh, come up there either. So that, that's why I was surprised, just in case. <laughs> There's confusion there. Yeah, no, no, I get that, man. That's yeah, definitely, a, it was a glaring hole in my anime watching experience like i've watched many of the big animes i've watched you know a couple of like not as well-known animes but you know i've watched like the naruto's the inuyashas uh and all that sort of stuff uh and again like probably my favorite anime of all time is you know uh raruni kenshin which i i loved hell even in elementary school i've watched that series like fucking four or five times Uh, i love that so much um and again i i adore death note and all that sort of stuff uh, I like, you know, the Hayao Miyazaki movies, uh, like the Studio Ghibli movies. I, I I love Your Name. You know, Your Name is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, like, I'm a big anime fan. But, yeah, this was just one of those, like, glaring omissions in my anime watching experience. And I'm glad I jumped into it. I, I, I feel like I wasted a lot for not watching it prior. But it's nice to watch it now, having it all bingeable. 
most of it bingeable, I guess. The, again, the last season is not done yet. Cool. Fair enough. The last thing I want to talk about briefly, <laughs> we uh, on Disney Plus, they launched Marvel's Legends, which is uh, it, only two episodes so far. But you thought Marvel's Legends was something else. And so you had uh, sent a message along to me, of course, not directly because we don't talk outside this podcast, but you sent a message along to me somehow uh, to tell me to watch Marvel's Legends uh, to prepare to talk during this podcast. And I was like, sure, I, I guess I'll watch it. And and you thought it was something different than what it was, correct? Correct. I forget what it, what's the name. One second. Wasn't what if? God, I swear to God, you thought it was an animated. It wasn't the what if show, but there was another Marvel series that was supposed to be different animation styles, showing different stories within the cinematic universe. That's what you thought it was. Yeah, I don't know the name of that show. Maybe I imagine but I don't know if you can find it there. That's why I, I really don't know what show that. Other than what if, which I know is coming out soon. Uh, or this year anyway. Um, I don't know of a show that's doing that. I'm sure Kenneth Saddlebauer will potentially run into us for next week and tell us, but Marvel's Legends is basically, if you haven't watched it, it's they're like short episodes. They're honestly almost trailers. They're just basically going through the timeline of certain characters. So they did, predictably, two characters so far, and each episode is a character. The first episode was Wanda, uh, Wanda Maximoff, and the second episode was Vision, or Jarvis, I guess, and and the reason why they're launching this arguably is so that they can give a proper recap for those who potentially didn't watch all 20, what, three films or however number of, of Marvel Cinematic Universe films there are. So it's just basically preparing you for, in this case, WandaVision, which is a TV series coming out to Disney Plus next week, which I'm really excited to talk about. I can't wait to talk about that uh, when it comes out. The idea of Wanda and Vision being stuck in a sort of faux sitcom is so interesting. I wonder if they're all going to be like this, but that's such a unique concept. And I just, again, I can't wait. So yeah, man, me too. I, I'm so like stoked. It's it's next Friday, man, or this upcoming Friday, I guess. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Have you watched anything else or did you, what did you think about the Marvel's Legends episodes? Did you like them? I don't know. Uh, well, I had a, this, this big sense of disappointment because I thought it was something totally different, but I mean, it's just a hype trailer for these characters that I'm like, again, I'm it's a recap. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a hype, if you can do backwards hype, but, but I guess it's a hype trailer because one division's coming up, but they really are just going back in time to show. It's like a, it's like a previously on really for each of these characters. Their relationship is really cool actually. So again, I, I can't wait. Yeah, that 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 recap for me was was worth it in that just it reminded me of what they've gone through together so i, I actually appreciated that part that, that's a pretty emotional moment in infinity war where she has to break the infinity stone so that that to me was was it was the worth it part i guess it's short so if you really want if you haven't watched all the marvel movies or haven't watched them in a while and you want to watch one division i mean that's a good way to catch up i guess mm -hmm. cool man super cool brother yeah, honestly, I'm just looking. I cannot find anything about what I was thinking of. Maybe maybe what if is having like different art styles and I was just putting that together, but I swear to maybe. God, I, I remember there being a different show and I was supposed to like maybe that is what if. Who cares? Who who cares? I'll I'll maybe I'll remember it. Maybe Ken knows. If not, I'm living in a different timeline. What what is that thing called? The uh Mandela effect? Oh yeah, like the Berenstein and Berenstein, Berenstein Bears. Yeah. Yeah, classic. It's my life. Okay, let's get into the news, shall we? What do you think? Yes, I would love to. Excellent. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as reported by tech website The Verge, streaming device company Roku has purchased the rights to the content library from streaming service Quibi, aka QuickBytes. 
Quibi was a short-lived mobile streaming service that was designed to work best on smartphones and was created by ex-Disney executive Jeffrey Katzenberg. The service launched shortly after the start of the coronavirus pandemic in April of 2020, which is arguably a large factor as to why the mobility-centric video streamer officially had to shut down in November of 2020. Roku products are currently the top-selling streaming devices in the U.S., but unlike competitors Apple and Amazon, they have not invested heavily in their own catalog of exclusive content. Until now. The purchased Quibi content library carries a two-year exclusivity agreement and the rights to display the content until the year 2027. Adrian, what do you think about this? Big news. Yeah, man, this I think is like probably the most interesting news of the week simply because the reason I wanted to talk about this is, yeah, Roku has no like real streaming service themselves. They're just a streaming device. Like, you know, they they have a like they have a software where other streaming platforms can be put on it, but they, they they don't have their own service and their own original content. So I find it interesting that their first, I guess their, their their first shows original shows quote unquote are going to be from a failed streaming service that did not last a year it just seems like an odd move but i guess is it odd i i like they didn't fail because of the content they failed because they didn't have the platform like the platform was kind of terrible i mean they didn't they, uh, it was terrible for a couple of reasons one is mentioned in the news article news blurb i just wrote i guess uh that specifically is the pandemic started this is a mobile streaming platform designed for on the go watching something on the go it's the combination of netflix and tiktok that was the whole idea behind it but then the pandemic hit and everyone was literally locked down in their houses as we've talked about on countless episodes before when we've talked about uh quick bites uh, mm-hmm. your favorite uh, streaming service fantastic uh, and, and then we also had an issue with the name like I, 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 not the name. Sorry. Well, the name is kind of weird. It's to be, stupid. To be honest, but the, the pricing, the pricing is a little bit off. Like it, it didn't make sense because Disney Plus was a lot cheaper than it, and uh, this with ads was almost the same price. It, it just, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. I think it was more expensive with ads than Disney Plus was. Is that correct? I can't remember now. The pricing the pricing didn't make sense in Canada anyway. It might have made sense more in the US, but in Canada, it did not. I don't, do you remember? I think it was, what, $6.99 and then $9.99 for ads and without ads, respectively? Yeah. Was it that? It was $5.99. Seven, no, it was $7.99, dude. Pretty sure it was more Ugh, than that. Disgusting. That was the issue, is that it didn't make any sense. Why would I pay for pay for the content and then have ads as well? I, like it's it's a lot a lot of money. It was I think it was a, around the same price as Disney Plus was, which had more content. But regardless, the content was not the issue. So my point is, Roku scooping up the content from Quibi makes sense to me because they they do kind of they don't have their own content, but they've got the Roku channels. Everything they have is called channels, and they can just call one Roku. It's interesting because they have so many devices on the market, whether it be TVs with the Roku platform built in or Roku streaming sticks or the Roku streaming boxes like sold all over the country, especially the US, but in Canada as well. Mm -hmm. So I I think that this could benefit them if they market it properly. That would be what my two cents is. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to give those uh, like some of those TV shows a chance to actually be brought back for a second season, because I remember the Die Hart, like the Kevin Hart TV series that was renewed for a second series prior to Quibi's shutdown. 
And, you know, I would like like the most dangerous game. I would like a sequel to that. Like I think, or, or a second season of that. Cause that show is a freaking blast to watch. Um, so I'm, I'm more curious about that as opposed to, you know, them just getting that content. And now it's like, okay, two year exclusivity. Like, are they, do you think they're going to add to it? Do you think they're just going to have this content for two years and be like, all right, whatever we own it now. Or do you think that they will actually, you know, continue some of those series or add to those series? I'd argue they're going to add to the series. I think this is their first foray into having their own content like Apple has done with Apple TV plus and Amazon with Amazon prime video. I think it makes sense that they, they will add to these series series, especially like a dangerous game as an example was built up to have a sequel. Like they, they had a plan it seems because it kind of like the very end kind of hinted at a potential sequel. And, um, and of course, Die Hard, which is interesting because again, I, I think that was like a, they knew they were going down already, but they, they had to make it look like it was business as usual before they went down just in case. Mm-hmm. Because if they did receive this, the funding to keep things going, for like Quibi, if Quibi had received the funding to keep things going, um, then they would have just had these shows queued up to keep going. It, it, I think they just, again, they had to make it look like keep up appearances, even though they knew that the ship was going down very shortly. Cause that news about Die Hard being uh, the Kevin Hart show being uh, renewed for a season two was like right before they, they, the, the service went kaput. So I don't know. Yeah, it was like less than a month, wasn't it? Like, yeah, like Quibi, it didn't, it just didn't work because people just, again, they couldn't use it on the go. Like it sucks. Cause the timing didn't make any sense. It's, I don't know. It also seemed to me, I don't know if we talked about this previously, but it seemed like Quibi was working or trying too hard. I think we might've talked about the first episode that we talked about Quibi, but they like, they hired and spent so much money and it's almost just too extravagant. Like they just had, had money for days and, and I, 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 they hired all of the best actors and all of the best creators for this content. And it, it just seems like they just, they were trying to buy us <laughs> as an audience. Uh, I don't know. That it felt like that, and maybe people were like turned off by that because it was just a little bit too much. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, yeah, like they quite literally have John Travolta <laughs> in one of their shows. You know what I mean? Kevin Hart, like one of the Hemsworth brothers, the middle Hemsworth, not the least famous. Yeah, one. Christoph Waltz is no slouch. Like he's an incredible. Actor. Yeah, Oscar winning actor. So uh, my question to you is, do you think they're going to charge for this? Um, I think it might be free by owning a Roku device, but we're going to have to wait to see. I, I, I have a feeling that it could be free just by owning a Roku device. So the only issue is like, you don't have a Roku device. So like, will you be able to watch Quibi? That, that's the question. I think if they're just trying to build up hardware sales or maybe they'll charge us a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, it, that, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah that, that, I was actually thinking the same thing. Like, I feel like they're going to have it behind a paywall, but the paywall is literally a Roku device. So you need a Roku device to watch this content, and they'll probably just have ads at like the beginning in, or at the end of every episode or at the beginning of every episode, something like that. Um, that way, you know, like you're forced to buy a Roku device. You now have the hardware. You're probably using it. I imagine like other platforms that if you pay for a streaming service through Roku, they probably get a percentage of that. Uh, so maybe it's like that sort of passive income that they're looking for. I'm curious. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one. My worry about this overall 
is that the past services or past streaming services, past companies that tried to start up a streaming service um, that bought content from elsewhere to try and get going and didn't really have a significant... I think the real issue actually, what I was just about to say was they didn't have a significant plan after purchasing the initial content. That's the issue. Roku has got to start building an infrastructure where like Apple has like a pretty firm idea of their roadmap. And Roku, I hope they're not just like buying this Quibi content and like, ah, that's that. And then this is going to be basically going to go disappear in two years. Like Yahoo. Yahoo had a streaming service. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, did I? I remember. They bought Community and then they didn't really buy much else. And people love Community. So that was great for, I guess, great for Community. But it was it was great for Yahoo at the time. But then they just... It, they canceled everything, just got rid of it. The entire streaming service went downhill. Yahoo actually went downhill completely anyway. But it's a that's the only thing I'm worried about is that they don't actually have a plan. Because I, I don't know about Roku as a company. I'm hoping that they have a plan because I, I do want to see another season of a dangerous game. I really did like it. Hmm. Uh, most dangerous game, excuse me. Most dangerous game. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, we're just going to wait and see. But uh yeah, I'm definitely curious. Imagine if they just get this and then Quibi dies a second time. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was what was going to happen with Community, but then Community was repurchased by who bought it the next time? Somebody else picked it up again for the last season to make it six seasons minus the movie. No, Yahoo did have season six. Oh, they had the final season. Yeah, Yahoo did have the final season. Oh, crap. Yeah, season yeah, five crazy. was, I think, NBC still. Oh, okay, cool. I remember uh, really hating NBC after they canceled it briefly but uh in reality yeah just before the sixth season like what the hell yeah in reality i shouldn't hate nbc i should hate all the people that never watched that show as it aired the issue though i don't know i i think at that time as well if you think back like the people weren't weren't up with the streaming they didn't get it and like i think their people were still looking at nielsen ratings like oh oh no no one's watching this on tv like, come on, NBC, get with the times. Like, you, they could have been creating an, they literally could have been doing a streaming service back then, but they just didn't do it. Like, the number of people that watch Community on Netflix, I watched the entire season, all the seasons of Community on Netflix. I didn't watch it on TV. I don't know about you. I watched. It I on just TV. watched the entire thing on streaming. Oh, I did not. Yeah. I didn't watch any of it on TV. I, I think maybe I I got into it on Netflix and then I purchased it on iTunes, like a couple seasons, um, but I did not watch it on TV. And so that, that's how, like, for instance, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad honestly got popular because of Netflix. It didn't wasn't initially popular. It was the first few seasons were, were pretty low in terms of the number of people watching it. But AMC, uh, they, they're okay with the slow burn. They're okay with a couple million viewers per episode. NBC's not okay with that. They, they need like millions of, of viewers. They need like Big Bang Theory numbers. They're a big network and so that's what they require. But by the end of Breaking Bad's run, the last season had like 12 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Not 10 times. Well, actually, it might have been 10 times the first season, but it was remarkable the increase because they were on Netflix and everyone had watched it. I'd watched it initially on Netflix. I think I think it was seasons one to three that were on Netflix. And then I caught up afterwards and then I started buying the seasons on iTunes for the seasons past. But yeah, man, I was the same way. Uh, I just never, uh, I, I watched it on cable though after season three, I think. I think I watched the first three seasons on Netflix as well. Yeah, you're big, you were a big cable guy until now. Yeah, I was, I left cable like many years ago. And I just kept buying seasons passes and, and using streaming. I think, when was the last time I had cable? Probably like, what, season five of Game of Thrones? That that was when I was like, right, yeah. Yeah, fuck this. And then, yeah, I just started watching it like that. I think I pirated Game of Thrones and then by 
maybe it was like season four game of thrones mm-hmm. then i pirated and then i think crave started releasing uh game of thrones after the fact or like at the same time on hbo or sorry on crave I forget what year that was maybe season five or six but whenever they did that that's when i was like okay i finally do not need cable for anything and i am happy to pay for it i see wow naughty boy pirating things speaking of pirating Number two, as reported by publication Entertainment Weekly, Disney Plus TV show The Mandalorian was the most pirated TV series of 2020. Historically, HBO's hit series Game of Thrones had taken home this honor year after year, but it was inevitable that they would be dethroned in 2020 considering the show ended in 2019. 2020's second and third most pirated TV series were Amazon's The Boys and HBO's Westworld, respectively. Adrian, the most pirated show. The Mandalorian. What do you think? Not too surprising, honestly. I think a lot of that... Actually, I don't know about this season. I remember season one, as an example, uh, aired like all of their episodes in like US and Canada and all of that. And then after the show was finished, they eventually released Disney Plus in like the UK and stuff like that, and then ended up airing the show still week to week, which I found really odd. So I feel like that must have played a factor in it. But this year, I imagine they all aired at the same time. I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I'm not too surprised about that. Honestly, the show's great. Star Wars is a huge franchise. Kind of wish people would not pirate so much anymore. I'm being hypocritical because I used to pirate all the time. But, you know, just having the option to I feel like when you have the option to pay for something for convenience, it's worth the convenience because like pirating is a pain in the ass. And I don't want to do that anymore. Really, I'm willing to pay for something that's of high quality and like year or month after month like me paying twenty dollars a month for crave realistically i probably don't watch it that much so you know i'm putting in like 240 bucks a year but to me that's still worth it for that added level of convenience i can literally open an app and just start watching it immediately as opposed to waiting for a download or whatever like that and uh i wish people would be able to kind of switch over to that i know in some cases you know maybe you don't have the finances and stuff but it's still stealing at the end of the day and it's still not okay and i was young I didn't realize the effects it uh, probably has on like the film and TV industry. With with this being said, like so, Crave is like twenty dollars a month. That one is expensive mm-hmm. but compared to everything else. Like if you think about it, and, and by the way, like Netflix is going up to nineteen dollars in Canada a, a month in like I think by February. Yeah, the beginning of February, it's starting to be nineteen dollars, which is a lot of money, honestly. Uh, and and sure, Netflix has a lot of content, but it's it's a lot. Disney Plus especially in the US, is not very expensive. So that's why, if I'm going to be surprised about this, that would be why. I don't understand why of all shows, The Mandalorian, like HBO Max, from my understanding, is not the, the cheapest. Ver- I don't actually know what the price is in the US, actually. I think we said, I think it was 20 bucks. I think we talked about this before. I'm pretty sure I said it was 20 In the US? Yeah. Or no, it was, it was a little bit less than 20 bucks, but then I did the conversion rate and it was about $20 Canadian. I remember we talked about this on one of the episodes prior. I think it's 15. Yeah. But like if you do the like American to Canadian conversion, it ends up being the same 20 bucks that we pay for Crave. Which is a lot. Yeah. So if you think about it, like HBO, just HBO basically is the reason I have Crave, and that's $20 a month. But Netflix is like a, a whole spectrum of different stuff. It's it's not just HBO, although now it's not just HBO. So now the value proposition, especially with those 17 films that are launching theatrically, like Dune and uh, Suicide Dune. Squad and 
the the Batman, the, all that stuff is potential. Well, I don't know what the Batman actually because that's twenty twenty two, but we'll see what happens. But it seems like a lot of these movies are going to launch simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max, and that exclusivity is going to make HBO Max shine, and 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 then make it potentially worth that twenty bucks. But that, I'm sure they'll make it twenty five bucks in the next year if they're going to continue this pattern of launching everything on HBO Max first. My point is, Disney Plus is not very expensive. So the fact that this is happening for the Mandalorian of all shows is, to me, surprising because it's five ninety nine or something. It's like six dollars. Like you couldn't pay for it for two months. Twelve dollars. Like that's a little ridiculous. Like you, you, you really. It's, it's just you're right about the convenience when it's the right price and it's and it's in a in an app that works properly and uh, you're giving the best quality. By the way, you're not you're not getting some slouch quality. You're getting 4K quality every time. You don't have to worry about which MKV file am I downloading or what a hassle. And then you could be downloading some garbage. You don't even realize you you, you downloaded something that they they advertise that high quality that's not. You could literally, if you're not using a VPN, be flagged by your ISP, your internet service provider. And then now you have a letter of notice saying that like you, you've pirated this and uh, whoever it is in this case, Disney is coming up your ass to, to take to take the money back. Like you could get sued. Like in that respect, it's not worth it. You could, of course, use a VPN and I'm sure some of these people are using a VPN, but it's, it's weird that this of all shows, because of the price of the, the affordable price that Disney is, Disney Plus is, it's sad. It just makes me sad. I, I I wonder if they're going to crack down on it or what's going to happen. Game of Thrones didn't surprise me though, because again, price point, yeah, really high. Well, man, even Amazon's The Boys being the second one, like if you have Amazon Prime, oh yeah, Amazon Prime, like you get you pay for Amazon Prime, you get two day delivery, you get Amazon. Well, you don't actually get it anymore, but there was like I guess it's a cheaper version of it, but you get some kind of version of music now, and you get Amazon Prime Video. That's a pretty great deal for like a, what in Canada it's like one hundred twenty dollars a year, right? That didn't go up one hundred twenty dollars a year. Yeah, I think it's one twenty, ten bucks a month. It's really cheap. It's so good. Yeah, and Matt, again, you're paying. I don't know. It, it's crazy. Yeah, that that is really interesting. HBO is again, it's less surprising because it was hard to get. The accessibility was hard, so that was the issue. It has to be easy to get a good price and good quality, and you you kind of I think that's the recipe for not having the show be pirated, but. I guess I'm wrong. I don't know if the show is, I guess if it's that popular though, like the Mandalorian, then it just nixes the other, <laughs> the other categories. Cause people are still going to pirate things if, if they can do it. But anyway, cool, man. Cool. Alrighty. Number three, as reported by publication variety, ex machina director, Alex Garland's next film will be called men and will be distributed by production studio a 24. Much like with his 2018 film, Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman, Garland will both write and direct the new film. The movie will follow actress Jessie Buckley's character, who takes vacation in England after the death of her husband. Alex Garland's last project was an eight-episode FX science fiction TV series called Devs, starring Parks and Recreation actor Nick Offerman, which finished airing in April of 2020. Adrian, Alex Garland's next project. What are you thinking? I'm all in, baby. I love Alex Garland. I think he's fantastic. I really, really, really love Ex Machina. I think Annihilation is a phenomenal movie. He wrote 28 Days Later as well, alongside, uh, I think we talked about this last week or, or the week prior, Sunshine, which I really love by Danny Boyle. This guy has a lot of talent, and I'm all in on pretty much anything he does. Funnily enough, uh, I did not watch Devs, but I remember hearing about it and being like, oh man, I really want to watch this. Again, it's uh, 
locked behind the FX Now streaming service here in Canada, which is frustrating. Which is not a streaming service. It's just fake. I don't understand. That's one of those weird things I just don't get. Don't call it a streaming service. Don't create an app. It's un- and completely unnecessary. I could just download the Rogers Anyplace TV app, which just gives me would just give me those titles. Like, what's the point of FX now if it's literally you cannot get it unless you have a cable subscription? I, I just don't, I don't understand this. I can't comprehend this. Why did they develop the app? It just seems like a waste. Like if you had Bell, let's say. Like you're paying for Bell Cable, I mean. Like a Bell Cable subscription. Bell gives you potentially FX now. Sure. It gives you the access to FX. Why don't I just use the Bell 5 app? Or, or if I had Rogers, I just use the Rogers Anyplace TV app. Why develop an app for it? It seems like there's a waste of development. You're not giving me the option to pay for FX now, which I would do. I would literally, pay, we've talked about this a million times, but I'd literally pay $10, $20, $15 a month just to watch Fargo and then devs potentially, and then I'll cancel it. I like FX. I think they do a great job. Why can't you just do this? It's just, we're living in 2021 now. I don't understand why we're still stuck in the 1990s. It's just weird. Do you think not maybe 1990s because you can, you can't get anything online, but like two, the early 2000s, the 2010s. Do you think Rogers is hesitant to do this because they did launch a streaming service before, like Show Me, and that flopped? Do you remember Show Me? Oh yeah, I actually liked Show Me. It was okay. I, I didn't uh, love it. Crave won me over because they had shows like again we talked about this i think last week but it had the wire and had older hbo shows until recently where now it actually has the newer hbo shows running live which is great but yeah i did have show show me for a while yeah funnily enough yeah like i never had crave until they did hbo live and stuff uh but yeah i did have show me that's where i watched a bunch of like it's always sunny that's actually oddly enough where i think i watched modern family for the first time i might be wrong about that huh but uh, there was, yeah, like quite a few shows that I, I really enjoyed Show Me, but obviously they shut it down. I guess it just wasn't financially viable. So I don't know, like you think that's probably why Rogers is hesitant to just jump into it again, to be like, all right, we have a new streaming service with FX stuff. They're still kind of... But I don't really see the problem because they've already developed the app. So like they don't have, what's the hesitation? You'd made the app just charge money for it. Like microtransactions are... I can't imagine that costing very much for the developer to go on there and say, we're going to now charge $10 a month. Like, I just don't, I don't, it doesn't add up to me. Like you, you, there's no excuse. Like I don't, maybe there's, I mean, maybe there's a contract problem. Yeah. They, they can't. Yeah, man. That's the only thing that would, that, that I'm thinking of as well. Like that's probably the only, that seems like the only logical explanation. Which could be good news because then maybe we'll see FX shows like devs on star in february yeah like ken's letter um him mentioning that like maybe these contracts are ending yeah like i i'm i think that i was actually i forgot about devs for a while i wanted to watch devs since it came out i just kept forgetting about it because the pandemic happened and then like my job switched i switched my job and and i just got distracted with with life and so I, i didn't get into it but i i think honestly i might even do like as soon as I finished Raised by Wolves, which by the way, I'm still watching. I just took a little bit of a, of a break because I don't know. Me too. Over the last week anyway, but I'm definitely going to be finishing that show soon. And when I do, it might be devs, honestly, because I've really looked forward to also seeing Nick Offerman in a different role. I also really like Alex Garland. I think everything he, he's written and directed has been really remarkable. And so I'm really excited for Men, uh, his new movie, Men. And I, I think that devs is... It's, it seems very well reviewed. It, it gives me some slight Mr. Robot vibes. It's definitely giving me some uh, ex machina vibes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I'm going. I, I'm definitely going to watch it. I just I wonder if I should wait till the end of February or dump jump 
dump or dump in or jump in now. Let's wait until the end of February because I I also want to watch it, but I would like to see if it does show up on Star. If it doesn't, let's uh, just screw it. I'll buy it. Uh, you can use my account to watch it if you want, and then we can just go through it. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I would I would just have it on my iTunes. But but yeah, I appreciate the the offer. Anyways, now onto the montage. A sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by Variety, indie horror film directors Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead have been hired on to direct a few episodes of the Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe TV series Moon Knight. The series is being showrun by Umbrella Academy writer Jeremy Slater. Cool, man. I don't know Justin Benson, nor do I know Aaron Moorhead. Do you know them? I know Jeremy Slater because I watch Umbrella Academy. It's great. I do not. Number two, as reported by publication Deadline, DC Films president Walter Hamada has extended his contract with Warner Brothers through 2023. Uh, crazy. I wonder how Ray Fisher feels about this. Number three, as Variety has reported, actor Clancy Brown has been cast as a significant antagonist in the Dexter TV series sequel. Clancy Brown, best known for his role in the uh, hit video game Detroit Become Human. Number four, as noted by The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix has committed to developing a sequel to the Robert Rodriguez-directed film We Can Be Heroes. The Netflix original film launched to rousing success over the 2020 holiday season, specifically breaking Netflix viewership records. Netflix viewership records. Let me look at this real quick. Oh, it's a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Nice. Um... I feel like every new thing breaks these goddamn records, but uh, do people really care that much about Sharkboy and Lavagirl? Sharkboy isn't even in this. I'm confused. I am so confused. Teach their own. What the f- That's weird. That's weird. It launched on the holiday season. It's something that parents can show their kids while everyone's home. Number five. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the upcoming Matilda film adaptation has cast No Time to Die actress Lashana Lynch in the role of Miss Honey. I really loved the Matilda movie as a kid. I think it's a really great movie. This one's interesting. This is a musical adaptation as well, as far as I'm aware. Number six. As reported by Deadline, the free Amazon streaming service IMDb TV is developing a TV series adaptation of the film Lords of Dogtown. What? What? IMDB TV? Are you fucking kidding me? It's a free Amazon streaming service. So it's just Amazon, like Amazon Prime Video? Or is this something separate? I'm What? Number seven. According to Deadline, a season two of the Loki Disney Plus TV series starring Tom Hiddleston is reportedly in the works despite season one not having aired as of yet. Huh. I guess this is uh, the first confirmation of any of these Disney Plus like Marvel shows getting a second season. I don't know why, but I was in the mind of that most of these were going to be miniseries, but I guess I'm wrong. Number eight. As reported by Variety, actress Catherine Zeta-Jones has been cast in the Fox TV cop drama Prodigal Son that also stars actor Michael Sheen. This is that show that, um, what's the guy's name? Tom Payne, who played Jesus from The Walking Dead. Uh, This is his show. Like, he's the, he's the main character in this. That is correct. Number nine. According to Deadline, Loki showrunner and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness writer Michael Waldron has been hired on to write the Kevin Feige-produced untitled Star Wars film. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting indeed. I'm curious about this. They must be confident in both Loki and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to give him the reins to a Star Wars film. Hopefully he doesn't get fired from it like many of the Star Wars film people that have been attached to it. 
Colin Trevorrow, the Into the Spider-Verse guys, other people, I'm sure. Number 10. As reported by The Verge, Disney Plus TV series WandaVision will debut with two episodes on the 15th of January and will later release the remaining seven episodes on a weekly basis starting on the 22nd of January. Hell yeah, baby. I'm so hyped. Uh, didn't they say that this was only going to be an eight-episode series? They're extending it, right? To, get, to give us nine. This makes me very happy. It's nine. I know, but I'm saying... I think it was announced as eight. Was it ever announced at eight? I'm pretty sure it was. I don't think so. I think that they never set a number. Mm. We've had so little information about this and so little information about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't think they announced it at eight, but I could be wrong. And that concludes the montage. So how you feeling there, Adrian? How you feeling? You ready for uh, you ready to talk about something with me here? Um, you got something for me? Yeah, man, I do. I have a thought. I feel like I haven't been on today. I feel like there's been less comedy this episode. I'm sorry about that. I'm usually absolutely hilarious, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like this episode I have not been, and uh, I'm sorry about that. I uh, I forgive you, but will the listeners? That's the question, isn't it? Write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com whether or not you forgive me. It can only be – all you got to write is – all you have to write in is I forgive you or I do not forgive you. No context required. Just write in, please. I'd like to remind you, Adrian, that no one ha- has written in to us in many weeks except for Kenneth Stadelbauer. It's kind of sad. I, I, I again invite – if you're listening to this anyways, why not just write into us briefly and say, hey, my name is Jimmy. And I'm here listening to you. I like your show. Or, hey, my name is Jimmy. Your show is a piece of shit. And uh, I hate it. Any one of them I'm happy with. Fuck you, man. Fuck you, Jimmy. How dare you say that about my show? Well, Jimmy's a hypothetical guy. I'm just saying we need somebody to write into us other than Ken. And I appreciate you, Ken. So thank you for writing into us. But please, write into us with weird weird quirks, weird weird aspects of your life. Maybe a, a question that you've always wondered. Um, and we'll we'll give you advice. We'll give you the best advice. We we give the best advice, probably uh, better better than anyone else. I think. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. Anyways, what do you got for me, Adrian? Come on, let's let's get this uh, show on the road. I got new releases for you. Oh, okay. And what are they? This is for the week of January the 11th to January the 17th. Uh, not many movies coming out this week. No surprise, I guess, because the world's on lockdown. Well, most places in the world are on lockdown. It's the new year. Movies ain't coming out. There ain't much, baby. But there are a few that I did find in the first movie that I found that is coming out on Monday, January 11th. is a movie called Crack. It's a Netflix movie. It's about the history of crack. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Straight to the point, baby. The next movie that is coming out is coming out Tuesday, January the 12th. It's a movie called Redemption Day, and it's coming out on Amazon Prime Video. It's about a dude that gets home from war only for him to be brought back into a war of his own as he fights to save his wife from a group of Moroccan terrorists. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Intense, eh? Uh, The next movie that's coming out is coming out on Thursday, January the 14th. It's a movie called Lockdown. It's an HBO Max original. I can't tell whether or not it's coming out here in Canada on Crave or anything. However, it is a movie that isn't about lockdown during COVID, thankfully. I failed hmm, to write. Uh, I did not realize that was the case. Yeah, I failed to. Re- I I saw the like the marquee for that movie, and I was sure that that was a a lockdown movie about COVID. Crazy. All right. Um. Yeah. It's. I think it's a heist movie. 
or something like that. Maybe I should have told you what it's about. I feel like I uh, should have. Oh, you know what? I'm lying to you. It definitely is about a heist during COVID-19. God damn it. God damn it. Yeah, this is the movie. I We talked about this. This is a movie with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And Chiwetel, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. And Ben Stiller. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually was kind of interested in this. It's weird. We actually, we talked about this as a news story, and now it's actually coming out in this segment. We've now talked about it in two segments. That's, that's, that's when you know we've done enough episodes here. We've done more than six months of episodes, and now we've actually... We've we've talked about it twice just because it's it's actually coming out. Wow, that's actually coming out pretty soon. Damn. Yeah, it's coming out right. Thursday, January the fourteenth. Sweet. I don't know if All you right. heard me at the beginning. I did. That's why I just said it's coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Thursday, January the fourteenth. Come on, Adrian. Come on, buddy. Get with the times. Let's go. I obviously didn't look into this movie enough because I I thought it wasn't about the COVID nineteen. But I'm wrong. Everything's about COVID-19. Life sucks and it's pointless. Next movie is a movie called Heartbreak Club. It's a Netflix original movie. It's an owner of a cafe that finds solace in a song after a breakup. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, baby. And uh, the next movies that are coming out are all coming out on Friday, January the 15th. The first movie is Double Dad. It's a Netflix original movie about a teen who leaves her hippie community to search for her dad oh uh-huh next movie that's coming out is a movie called outside the wire another netflix original movie about a drone pilot this time who teams up with an android to stop a nuclear attack whoa yeah all right yeah i know quite quite uh quite different uh another movie that's coming out is a movie called love sarah uh this is confirmed by movie insider and the apple tv app it's a video on demand movie that you'll be able to purchase i guess on that day it's about a woman who fulfills her late mother's dream by opening a bakery okay it's not well reviewed i think it's like a 40 something on rotten tomatoes next movie however is rated a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes and it's called akasa my home again uh confirmed by movie insider as well as rotten tomatoes it's a video on demand movie i don't know if we can get it here in canada on that day however uh Confirmed by two sources. It's a documentary about a Romanian couple and their nine children learning to live in a big city. Uh, and then finally, there is three more movies, I guess, coming out. It's a movie called What Would Sophia Loren Do? It's a Netflix original movie. Uh, I don't know what she would do as I do not know who she is. So I'm going to move on from that one and jump into Trib Hanga, Teddy Messy Crazy. It's a Netflix original movie about uh, a woman and her mother who fell into a uh, coma. And the the, the, the the young woman deals with uh, just a bunch of regret and hatred for herself on uh, the relationship she had with her mom. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, I feel like I mentioned this a couple weeks ago because I swear to God this movie did come out. But I don't know. Maybe it got postponed or maybe this is like a Canadian race or whatever. But One Night in Miami is coming out on Amazon this Friday. I thought it came out last year. It was... Yeah, December 25th. Yeah, but it's not on Amazon here in Canada, so I think it maybe got pushed back. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it might have been a Canadian contracting issue. It's weird, though, because, again, we didn't get the, any movies in theaters because of lockdown, so I don't know. That's a weird one. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just... Uh, I saw your note here, and uh, I started looking up as well to see if One Night in Miami was available right now on amazon prime video it isn't so i i guess yeah it, it must be coming out this friday i guess i don't know yeah. and the, that one movie you just mentioned what would sophia lauren do i think it's sophia loren the actress but never, never uh, heard of her i could be crazy it is l-o-r 
E-N, not L-A-U-R-E-N, Adrian. Not to call upon your spelling and grammar here, but just saying, just saying. Sophia Loren, the actress. And that, Simon, is the movies that are releasing this week. Oh, wow. Exciting. All right, Mr. Robata. Well, I guess that's it. I guess that concludes episode 28. Um, unless you've got anything else to, to add, Mr. Uh, Mr. Printer. No, sir. Other than Batman v Superman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that slip up again. <laughs> you just weren't listening to me last episode. You, you jumped the gun. I zoned out. I can't help it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're ever listening to me now. I, I, I question it. I can't see you. You're, you're on the other side of the world. <laughs> so far away. And uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. These are sad times. There's sad times and I don't know what else to say. I hope uh, all you listeners out there stay safe. And uh, I thank you for joining me, Adrian. And I thank you for listening to the 28th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady. And this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey, Simon. Uh, I'm about to sign off. And uh, before I mentioned how I felt like I was having this whole like Mandela effect situation going on. But one thing I'm certain about is that Batman v Superman has always been a good movie, regardless of universe I've been in. Thank you. And take care. Goodbye. I love you. I'm not going to say I love you again, whatever. This is humiliating.